So, oh my word, don't you just love it when students tell you no, that they're not going to do their work? So frustrating, oh my word, but there could be many reasons why they're refusing to do their work. So how do we help them? Well, listen in for five ways that you can help your refusing student to get back to work. I want to encourage you to leave a review Wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, and also hit that subscribe button so that you will not miss an episode. And hopefully these are helping you, adding value, and inspiring and encourage you, encouraging you to do even better for our students. Hi guys, welcome to Behavior Strategies for Class, your podcast all about behavior strategies to help you in the classroom. Do you need more support and encouragement for your challenging students? Do you want proven behavior strategies that will help create resilient students? How will behavior strategies influence your class? You will make a difference in their lives and prepare them for success as a well-rounded person. And I'm here to help. I'm Diane Bachman, a behavior paraprofessional with over 10 years experience in special education, working with students from various backgrounds and disabilities, and I want to offer you hope. You will be a constant, caring adult in your students' lives, and building relationships with them will be essential to achievement and triumph, not only for them, but also for you. So we'll be discussing about trauma-informed care, social-emotional intelligence, sensory breaks, why are they important, PBIS, behavior interventions, MTSS, social skills, evidence-based strategies, and more. So listen in, and I have to say, Rita Pearson is one of my idols in her fight for students. And if you have not listened to her TED Talk on Every Child Needs a Champion, I encourage you to go do that today because I want us to be our students' champion because we were born to make a difference. Let's listen in to today's episode. Also, check out my Facebook group, Behavior Strategies for Class, and look at show notes for bit.ly links for a free download for evidence-based behavior strategies as well. Another tool and resource for you to help your challenging students. So I've worked with many students who refuse to do their work and it is frustrating. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me is to work with those students who just sit, do nothing and say nothing. Oh man. And it's just a waiting game, really, because obviously, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, um, at that point when they just completely shut down. But a lot of students, it's they don't understand it. And they're either afraid or too shy or don't want to ask for help. And so it's getting them to use their own strategies and advocating for themselves when they don't understand something and they could, you know, read the room, ask a neighbor, check out, you know, what the, another student is doing if they need help. Because sometimes teachers, I've heard teachers, you know, give instructions like two or three times and then um, it's up to the student to figure it out. And if they still don't know, then they need to ask another student. 
And so it's just having them learn to advocate for themselves and to see if they can figure it out on their own. And if they can't, then they need to know that they can ask for help. So five ways that I have used and learned on how to help with these kids when they refuse to do work is asking, first one would be asking, do they really understand the work? You know, whether it's math, whether it's understanding verbs or adjectives, or they have to write a story, they don't know where to start, you know, what's the... Who's going to be the main character? What is the main character going to do? Science, if they have to come up with an experiment, what experiment do they want to do? Lots of different things, of course, that you guys are working on. And if they're refusing to work, is it because they don't understand the work? And, you know, maybe it's something where, you know, once you give the lesson and you've given the instructions you're able to come back to that student who's just sitting there and not participating and just ask them, so, you know, do you need help? Do you understand the work? Um, Sometimes that's just a simple answer. And so the second one, of course, would be, do they need more help? Is it more help than you can give? Is it, um, you know, time for them to go into interventions? having an intervention group or a small group for them to work with. Um, So it's as you get to know your students, what do they really need? Is there really a legitimate reason why they are refusing? So the third one is if you're trying to help them, giving them options on how to help them, and they're still refusing. We have also had students you're going to have to finish it at recess. And of course, majority of students don't want to do that. They don't want to do work, of course, during recess. But if they're refusing to do it in the classroom at the appropriate time, then they've got to take it and finish it at recess. And depending on um, how your class works, they sometimes will stay in and get it done. And other times I've seen them take their work out to recess and they finish it out there. Um, So it just depends what works for you. But letting them know that it's going to affect their recess time or their lunch time, usually that is a pretty good motivator for kids to, okay, I guess I better suck it up and get it done. Another fourth way to help would be Uh, Checking in with the family, with parents, the guardians. You know, maybe there is something else going on with this kiddo. And who knows, whatever subject or thing you're working on is a trigger for that student. And so they've just shut down. You know, maybe they had to write a story about their family and their mom just died. Or somebody's sick in the family. Or their parents are going through divorce or something. I mean, we don't always know exactly what's going on in every single student's home, but that could be one reason. We have had that situation as well, Um, like especially Mother's Day and Father's Day. Those are hard ones for some of our trauma students, you know, when you have to write about mom and or dad and 
either one's in jail or either one's dead or either one is just gone, left. So sometimes it's just checking in with the family. Is there something else going on that's affecting their, them to be able to concentrate at school and do their work? So that's a little bit deeper one, but that could be a reason as well. So, uh, and number five would be if it's really a chronic problem, like consistently we're refusing, consistently we don't want to do our work, then that would be maybe a time to connect with the mental health team and maybe get a, um, a behavior contract, a behavior agreement, and help give them positive reward. Um, just helping to motivate them to get their work done and giving them a goal that they finish their assignment in class during the allotted time. And then say at the end of the week, if they're able to do that all week, they get a prize, they get a pride punch, they get a respect ticket, they, they get some type of um, positive feedback reward whatever works for your class, however you, you, um, work that in your classroom. I've seen it done a lot of different ways, but like I said, if it's a chronic and it's just constantly the same kid, same, maybe it's the same time. Maybe it's not, um, math one day or reading one day, but it's always at math. Then Maybe there's a problem with math and he struggles with math and he doesn't want to do it because it's too hard. And then again, that's looking at interventions and, and how can you help him that way. So again, to recap five ways to help this refusing student that makes you want to pull your hair out, um, I get is asking if they understand the work. Number one. Do they actually understand the work or do they have questions? Are they afraid to ask? Touching base with that student. And along those lines, number two is do they need more help? Are they able to read the instructions? Are they able to write? Or do they need interventions and help with that? Um, number three, if they're still refusing, give them a consequence. You can do it in class or you can do it during recess. You can do it in class. You can do it in the office. You can do it in class, you know, whichever. We've had some classes where fifth graders have to go back down to a first grade class and sit in there and do their work. And of course, that does not sit well with the fifth grader to have to go back into a first grade classroom and do work. So sometimes it's just those motivators to get them to work. A number four would be to call or email or get, get in touch with the family. See what's going on. Is there something else going on that's affecting the student to concentrate and to do their work instead of just shutting down? Or are there like specific triggers that are affecting the student as well? So finding that out and number four. And then number five, for those chronic kiddos that just consistently are refusing to do work. Then you can work on maybe getting a 
behavior contract, a behavior agreement, giving them a behavior goal to work on, giving them that positive feedback once they achieve that goal. Um, I've seen all of these processes work. And of course, sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's more than one of these ways to help a student get back to work. Sometimes it's just a break. Sometimes they even just need to step out of the room for a few minutes. Take a quick walk. Go talk to the counselor for a minute. Something like that will sometimes even just be helpful. Because sometimes our students, they just have so much going on as well in their little heads. And we, we've had students where they just, they have to talk. They have to tell you about what happened last night. Uh, you know, whether they got a new puppy or something like that. And they're so excited, like they can't concentrate because they just have to talk about this new puppy. And so sometimes we've had uh, students come out and we're like, okay, you have five minutes. Tell me all about your puppy. And so they will, of course, talk that full five minutes telling you about their puppy, what they're going to name him, what color they look like, their, their toys, where does the puppy sleep. And then once that five minutes is up, it's like, okay, we are done talking about puppy. It's time to get back to math, back to science, whichever they were working on or supposed to be working on. That has worked. And I know not, that's not really realistic for you guys during the day sometimes. But if maybe at a recess time, you could take five minutes and listen to a student and help motivate them to get back to work but to also get off of their mind what's there. And sometimes it is just happy news and they're excited about stuff, um, especially coming up with the holidays. Of course, there's a lot of mixed emotions about holidays for some students. Sometimes it's a super happy, exciting time. And of course, other times it's just reminders of sad events or, you know, parents divorced and they're going to be away from mom this time or grandparents are sick or they're having to move or you know of course life happens and life keeps going and there's always something going on so just being aware also when the holidays are coming we've definitely seen student behavior amp up challenging behaviors amping up during the holidays because it is a tough time for some of our students and sometimes they just feel much more safe and comfortable when they're at school and then knowing that they're not going to be at school for a week or two it's sometimes it's just scary for them or sad for them so they miss having those us caring adults at school that's checking in on them. And I know I'm getting a little off topic somewhat, but it's just a reminder, again, the whole child. And knowing that, that these children have a ton of stuff going on as well, just like we do. And just being aware of that and hopefully being empathetic about that as well. And encouraging them, motiv motivating them, giving them that positive feedback to get back to work, to know that they can do the work, to know they can try hard and figure it out. And it's baby steps. 
but hopefully these five ways have given you some encouragement to help motivate and encourage your students who are refusing to work because I know that's very frustrating. But you guys are killing it. You're doing great. You are life changers. Don't forget, check out my Facebook group, Behavior Strategies for Class. Collaborate with other educators, encouraging each other. Check out the show notes for bit.ly links and your free download, free resource. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you all. And I pray that I've inspired and encouraged you today. I also want to let you know that I have a couple bit.ly links for you if you're interested in making your own podcast and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have being a teacher or a para or a teacher's aide, uh, anybody in the education system, I'm sure you have a lot to share. And if you're interested, I took the class with Stephanie Gass. She's amazing, super friendly, down to earth, very easy to understand, and she's great. So I have a bit.ly link for you uh, for Podcast Pro University is where I learned how to do this. And that is bit.ly slash behavior, PPU, the number four, and U, as in the letter U. So Podcast Pro University bit.ly slash behavior ppu the number four and the letter u if you're interested also to get your free printable of all the six evidence-based strategies there is another bit.ly link and that is bit.ly slash the number six for free the number six for free these will all be in the show notes in case you need to go back and check those out and i leave you with this Every child deserves a champion, and that's by Rita Pearson. So I just want to encourage you that you can be that champion and that you are making a difference. Thanks again.